And what's up, y'all? We're back with another episode of Eat When You Can, Sleep When You Can, and Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. We're your hosts, Dr. Levin Fairchild and Dr. Alexander Buttress. Dr. Buttress, what do you want to talk about today? What's going on, Doc? Today, I think we get into a topic that's an important one for all residents of all specialties to think about because I think it's something that everyone goes through in this field. You probably went through it in medical school, maybe a little bit less in undergrad. We definitely go through it in residency. And that is the tendency to compare yourself with your co-residents. And through that, the saying, comparison is the death of joy, was born. And what do I mean by that? So you and I, were in the same class. We have different talents. I think both of us are decent residents. But there's certainly things you're better at. There's maybe things I'm better at. But we're always going to have something in the back of our head, that competitive nature, the athlete in each of us, where we want to be better than the other person. And we have a tendency to put ourselves beside each other on paper and be like, shit, he's doing better. Or the attendings like him more. Um, And we forget that this is a six-year program where we are training – becoming better every day, ideally. Um, and we're, we're not the same person, and we don't need to be compared as exact equals, and we don't need to be on the same even playing field at all times. Um, and so have you, have you ever kind of thought of this, of this theory? Do you ever have that kind of competitive nature kind of driving you in the background? Unfortunately, you know, coming from sports, man – the competitive nature has just been something that's been a part of me since I was born. You know, when I was when I was a kid, it was my dad never let us win. <laughs> there was no such thing. You know, <laughs> that didn't exist. When like let the four year old win, no, like like beat the socks off the four year old, <laughs> teach him you will win. Yeah, that you're gonna when you win, you earn the win. Yeah, from from practice and work. So, um, you know, it's uh, yeah. I guess we naturally have a tendency to compare ourselves. It's something that that's just innate in all of us. Um, when you look at the person next to you and you you think you look how they're doing, inadvertently you're going to automatically compare that to how you're doing. Um, I think it's you know we've all we've all been there. We've all done it. I've I've assuredly done it. Um, you know, and 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 yeah, I mean, my personal goal at things in life is to be the best. You know, at that thing that I'm doing. I mean, that's just that's my nature that's how i am that's so i i think you can look at it in um in a light that is not so much comparison as it is a driving force for making you better you know it, i think it depends on how you approach it right like how like how you look at it you know um if 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 i look at it as something that it's going to drive if i think you're doing better you know and it it's something that drives me to to be better then i think it can be healthy yeah, I, I agree, and I, I base a lot of this off of even conversations we've had where I'll ask you how a case went or, you know, how much you're you're getting to do on ACS rotation or when you go to the OR with trauma, um, and, you know, you'll tell me, yeah, oh, yeah, I did the whole case, or, um, you know, I did almost all of it, and, the, you know, the attending barely scrubbed, um, and so I'll hear that, and, you know, maybe the last time I did a gallbladder, you know, I only got to take it off the back wall, or... Maybe it was a bad one. I just didn't get to do as much as an easier one. Um, and you know, now as PGY twos, we're getting to operate more. 
but <clears throat> you know, when I hear other residents tell me just how much they're doing, especially ones at my level where, you know, we're supposed to be roughly around the same level, um, operatively, you know, and you're doing maybe more in a certain case, I'm thinking to myself, damn, what am I doing wrong? Or what do I need to be doing better for that attending to let me do the entire case? Um, you know, am I not showing enough confidence? Am I not showing enough skill actually within the procedure? Um, am I not taking enough initiative throughout the case, asking for instruments and just making those moves without asking, oh, can I do this? Do you want me to do this? Uh, which I think takes practice. I think a lot of that first year is kind of gaining some confidence and then you get a little bit of autonomy th as every year. Um, but when you hear everyone's talking about cases and they're talking about patients throughout the day, uh, that's kind of what we are chatting about in Skylight Lounge and in, you know, the ORs and whatnot. Um, you, you hear stuff and you think, well, shit, maybe am I there yet? And, and why am I not getting quite as much as maybe you are that day? You're, you're getting to do more. And so, um, you know, it, it weighs on you a little bit. And I think it's important to know that we come from different backgrounds. You had different jobs before residency than I did. Um, some medical, maybe some not medical. And so maybe you had more experience within operating rooms than I did. You've seen this certain case more times before you even got to residency. So you have a background of, oh, I've seen a surgeon make this move during this case a thousand times. And I know that when, I, when, when you get the sticks, because I think that's the case. I think you were a, a tech before residency. Is that correct? Yeah, uh, yeah, a case tech was the appropriate word, but it was similar to like a first assist type work, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, you may have seen that case so many more times than I have that when you actually get the sticks in your hand, it just comes a little bit more naturally because you've seen it, um, which is a huge advantage, and I think that's a great uh, field to be in before you come to residency, before you did medical school, because you get such a foundation uh, within the OR. You know, I worked as a scribe, and so I had some background uh, before getting to medical school about, you know, medical terms and charting and all that's helpful, but it's a totally different animal to actually being in the operating room and watching the surgeon operate. Um, can you kind of speak to that? What do you think you gained from that job? And um, do you think it's given you a leg up? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, for, for those of y'all listening, you know, what he's speaking of is the, um, I was a scribe as well for a while. And um, there was a guy that I knew beforehand um, that, was also a scribe and picked up this job in the operating room at the other local hospital down in Baton Rouge. And he had told me, he's like, look, man, you know, in this job, I'm getting to scrub in cases and help operate. Like I'm driving the camera, I'm retracting, I'm doing these different things. There's another guy that's been here for a few years longer than me. He like fully assists. He does like he is a first assist in all these cases. He has the same job I have and he's been doing it for a while and he's, um, He's like a, a full first assist, and I was like, wait, are you kidding me? I'm over here being a, in, a scribe in the ED, and I can be operating knowing that I want to go into a surgical specialty? So I immediately called. I called that day, and I talked to the to the, the hiring people, and you know, they kind of had some prerequisites for people that wanted to go into surgery specifically and people that really were trying to get into medical school. They kind of they really wanted you to have finished college for this job, but that wasn't always the case, but at least be like a junior or senior looking for someone a little bit older, more mature that's trying to get in med school. And uh, they hired me within the next week, and I started. And so, yeah, for th two and a half, three years, basically, while I was um, a junior, senior in college, and or senior in college, and um, 
the two years it took me in between to get into med school, I worked at this job full time. And so, yeah, by the end of it, you know, as opposed to a residency where you're working with your set of surgeons, I worked for the hospital. So I worked for every surgeon that came in the hospital and there were no residents at this hospital. So I was their help when they came in. Uh, they were, they, it wasn't uncommon for me to do six or seven gallbladders in a day and just flip rooms with different surgeons doing different gallbladders all day long and then go the next day and do two LARs and then walk to the orthopedic room and help them do, you know, an anterior hip and then go to the cardiothoracic room and help them do a, you know, a heart. I mean, it, that, that's just what, that was my job. That's what I did. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think I logged somewhere, you know, when I, when I stepped back at the end of it, I wanted them to try to get, try to give me a sheet to just show, tell me how many cases I was in. It was somewhere between 2,500 and 3,000 cases that I'd been in, in in two and a half, three years. That's a lot of cases. It is a lot. And so, yeah, you're right. So, you know, uh, there's no doubt that that experience shaped me as a surgeon and shaped me as, you know, in, in, in my procedural skills in the operating room, just how to act in an operating room, understanding an operating room, um, instruments and all those different things. But yeah, you know, you put it, you hit the nail on the hammer. I watched 25 different surgeons every single day approach gallbladders and watch them encounter all the crazy things that you, that you see. And just purely just sitting there watching enough, you, you do, you start to learn the moves to make when you're in this, when you're in this, you know, conundrum, you start to learn the, the next thing they do whenever, when they're in this predicament, even though I may have not have understood it all at that moment in time, I obviously hadn't been to med school yet. I didn't know you know, they would still pimp me on the anatomy. They didn't have residents there. And, and, you know, these were all the surgeons at this hospital. So they still, they treated me kind of like a residence. It was, it was kind of nice. I'd still get pimped. I learned the anatomy. They, you know, they wanted me to go study up on these procedures before I helped them with them. And cause they knew I was interested in med school and they were all there to help me. And yeah, I mean, by the, by the, by the third year I was there, I mean, I was fully assisting in, in doing cases. I mean, I would, I would come in on off days to help do the, you know, the top part of an LAR and, and hook up the anvil and stuff while the surgeon went below and did the, um, the, the scope from below. So it, it, the experience was like no other. Yeah, it sounds like that was the case. And when you when you got to uh, residency as a one last year, we were all supposedly in an even playing field. But you had this background wealth of knowledge, all this experience and exposure uh, that I don't think any else anyone of anyone else in our class had. Uh, do you think you immediately had a leg up? Did you did you just know and have that confidence of I am I am going to be better uh, than my peers just because of that background? Was that a thought you had or were you, you know, thinking maybe it'll be different now that I'm actually the resident. Um, what were your, I definitely thought that that I thought the experience was going to play in my favor. Yes. I thought that I had a, there was, there was no doubt my experience was very beneficial, but there's still nothing like just taking over the sticks by yourself for the first time on a patient that you're operating on. Like you've been watching a lot and you have helped and you have taken some sticks and big cases that require four hands, you know, but You've never been the operative person, even when you took the sticks. They were still like, grab this and hold it here, grab this, hold it here. And now all of a sudden, it's it's you, and you have to kind of struggle through it. But, um, you know, knowing your knowing your way in space in in laparoscopic stuff, knowing your way, um, and like I said, in different procedures, just what's the next step of the procedure, and mm-hmm. and where to go next, and where do I go if I start getting in a, in a bind here, or if I'm not making any progress, what should I do next? Whenever I, you know, when you've seen multiple people do that. And, and do these different things, and you do have um, more confidence to uh, to um, to to go after it. I think with not as much you know fearfulness as I think uh, if I had I not seen that, you know I, I know there is definitely a, a level of fear that when it is your first time and maybe your only experiences have been in third and fourth year rotations, then obviously you know that's a little bit different when you've seen 2,500 surgeries and been in them and fully helped them 
and got the third and fourth year experience. Sure. Um, and so kind of tying it all back in, you know, it's a tendency to compare yourself to your, your peers and you want to be the best. You want to make yourself better. Um, and I think there's a, a positive way to go about it, which you kind of talked about of, you know, using it as fuel to get better, not necessarily being like, you know, shit, I'm behind. It's, it's, it's boned me out. Um, and maybe I'm just not good enough. I, I don't think that's the right approach. I think everyone brings different things to the table. I think in, within our class, we have five uh, residents in our class. I think we all have a different style, uh, whether it be talking to patients, going about our daily, uh, you know, tasks. Uh, everyone's a little bit different. We all have a different style uh, and different skills and are better at different things. And so, you know, I don't think it's necessarily the right, the healthy thing to do is just to always compare uh, yourself against your other uh classmates, I think you, you, you see how they're doing and you tell yourself, okay, I'm, I'm seeing them be really good at this one task. Maybe that's a weakness of mine and I'm going to get there through hard work. I'm going to just get to over to the skills lab and maybe work on laparoscopic tying um, because I've seen a classmate that's you know maybe better at that and use it as that driving force rather than a way of kind of degrading yourself of, oh, shit, you know, I'm, I'm behind the curve. I'm, I'm the bottom half of the class. Um, and we have metrics like the app site where we, we know our scores relative to our classmates, um, and so we can see it at a numeric value. Uh, but I think more of us care about, you know, how am I doing during procedures and in the operating room um, compared to my classmates. But uh, I think it's important what the, the focus be is not to, again, not make it a negative, but turn it into a, a, a driving factor. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. I mean, like you said, we started off the episode with the title, right, that comparison is the death of joy. And that's the whole idea is, you know, if you are always comparing yourself to everyone else and you're not at that level yet, then you are going to be robbing yourself of the joy that you could be experiencing that day for sure. Because, I mean, you may still be at a very high level and you probably are. You're in, you're in residency. You're, you know, don't forget, like, at this point in our career, the amount of training we have, all of us, is is you know beyond what what ninety nine point nine nine percent of the world has as far as you know what what you what you can achieve with with schooling. I mean, there there is nothing more that we can do after you achieve uh, you know a degree in allopathic medicine from an American medical school. I don't I don't know. You you, you can't really. It's not like I can go more. You know, I mean, you obviously can train further in fellowships and those sure. things. But as far as like you know, just knowledge based in classroom based stuff. After you get an MD from medical school, I mean, that's you. Yeah, you're that's you're all of a sudden achievement. In you're itself. in the 0.001 percent of the of the world for right. knowledge. So you know, I don't think I think you just have to be real careful of you know how are you comparing yourself to others and what is it? How does it affect you and what does it do to you? Like I said, for me, I played baseball my whole life. It's it's always just been a driving force. I mean that's a game of failure and you go three for 10 and you're considered, I mean, one of the best hitters in the world and at the professional level. And so, you know, you can't compare yourself to the guy that just got two base hits because over the course of the season, even though you might've went over three and struck out three times over the course of the season, it may play out. And that's, and that's kind of the same with res over the course of five or six years of residency, it's probably going to all play out and you're going to become the best surgeon that you're capable of becoming. And it's not going to be the same surgeon that I am because we're both just different and we see things different. We attack tissue different. We attack, you know, the operative intervention different and, and moments and in, in, in crisis different and, and handle it differently mentally and physically. So it's, it's the same on the baseball field. And it's, it's you know, and so I, I see it a lot as a, as a sport. It's very similar to me. Mm-hmm. And if you watch baseball players or any, any athletes, 
you know, people come along to certain skills at different time intervals. And some people pick up something a lot faster and become a lot better at it very fast. And some people take a little bit longer. But usually over the course of long term, for the ones that make it to the pros, they're kind of on an almost even what playing field. Some are going to still be a little bit better and different, but, you know. Yeah, and, you know, to quote one of the best dodgeball players of our generation, Peter Lafleur, go at your own pace. That's what it's there for. Um, I think that plays a lot into this of, you know, the only one you should be comparing yourself to is yourself. Yeah. Um, be better than you were yesterday um, and always strive to just show up at work and be like, all right, I'm going to be better today. I'm going to do something to improve myself. Don't look at the guy next to you uh, because at the end of the day, it only matters that you become a great surgeon. That's right. Um, it doesn't matter that you become better than the guy across from you because you're both trying to help patients and, you know, all yeah. things considered, you're both going to graduate from a great surgery program and be completely competent and capable surgeons. That's exactly right. And I, I think that's that's the take-home point. You know, you, you struck the nail on the head in an episode in the past where you were talking about, um, you know, just watching a, a now, you know, your senior junior resident operate and how you can approach that in two different ballparks. And you, you chose to take the ballpark of, I'm going to watch and see what moves she, this person does that's good versus the moves that, hey, maybe I'd have done something different in this part. And you are allowing yourself to learn in a method that's not comparison, you know, it's not comparing you to what she's doing right now. And like, you're not sitting back, well, man, last time I did a gallbladder, she did this, or this person did this 30 minutes faster than me. And you're not doing that. You're instead, you're just, you're, you're, you're taking in what's happening, watching it in the moment, listening to the attendings feedback and, and watching, you know, your colleagues moves and you're learning, you're thinking to yourself, that was a good move. That was a good move. Ooh, I maybe do this next time different. So you're allowing yourself to get better you know, as opposed to just comparing or comparing yourself. So I, I think you can take it in those two approaches. I think that's the take-home point here is take it in the approach that's going to make sure that, you know, you get to where you want to be. So, hey, we, thank you all again for watching or listening, and um, you, hopefully we'll have some more content for you all coming out soon. And we're always happy to, to hear feedback from everybody listening. Reach out to us via our email, dfwthepancreas at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for future show topics, if you'd like to be featured on the show because you have something funny or a story or something you think is worthy, please reach out to us. We'd love to have you. And we're signing off here at Eat When You Can, Sleep When You Can, and Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. Hey, y'all. We appreciate y'all listening to today's episode on Don't Fuck With The Pancreas. We hope that you tune in to the next episode. We don't know when it's going to be released. We're so busy. We're just we're putting them out when we get chances to. Uh, we're listening to what you guys tell us. Um, some of y'all send us responses on Instagram. Some of y'all send us direct messages um, on, on TikTok. Whatever it may be, keep reaching out to us. We're going to keep putting this podcast episode out there for you guys. Yeah, email us with episode ideas, with questions you have. Uh, if you want to be featured on an episode, we'd love to have you. If you have something to bring to the table, we'd love to uh, to get you involved in any way possible. Uh, we're, we're posting content on, on TikTok and on Instagram and on YouTube as well. And so continue to tune in, continue to follow us and share it with your friends. Uh, Pre-med students, med students, undergrad students, anybody in the general public, we're trying to reach as many as possible to give you an insight on what it is like day in and day out to be a general surgery resident. Yeah, the only way you're going to find this is on this podcast, guys, DFWTP. You have to find it. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, whatever playlist you might use, whatever podcast servicing you use, listen to it there. Check out our Instagram. It's DFWThePancreas. Check out our TikTok, DFWTP, and 
you can shoot us on email at dfwthepancreas at gmail.com. Any ideas, anything you want to hear, anything you want from us, let us know. But you got to keep listening. You got to keep sharing it. And y'all tune into the next episode. We'll see you there. Don't fuck with the pancreas.